You're listening to the 12 Days of Christmas. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're taking a look at wonderful Christmas hymns. Our guest is Benjamin Kologi, member of Faith Lutheran Church in Plano, Texas, professional church organist and composer and contributor to the Lutheran service book, Hymnal Companion. Benjamin, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Andy. Looking forward to digging into another wonderful Christmas hymn with you today. What hymn would you like to look at today? Let's talk about 381, Let Our Gladness Have No End. And I think it'll be a good place to start by noting that this hymn is not our typical German or English hymn, which Mm. we often encounter at Christmas. Perhaps our theological German one and our English one, which is concerned about weather and patterns at Bethlehem. But if you look at the information at the bottom of the hymnal at 381, you'll see that both text and tune are from Bohemia, Narodilsi Christus Pan. So let's put Bohemia in its historical and geographical context. And Bohemia is a large westernmost territory in what's now the Czech Republic. But from its early days, the region had fomented a type of ecclesiastical reformation even before Luther's Reformation. And if you remember, this was the region of Jan Hus, who was an early reformer who was burned at the stake in 1415 and whose life and work really portended Luther's own Reformation, he foreshadowed. And after Hus's death, during the wars that followed, they were called the Hussite Wars, and the people demanded some Reformation changes. They demanded to receive both host and the wine of communion, and you could really tell that the seeds of the Reformation were early sown in Bohemia. I just want to set that historical context. But you might have heard someone called a bohemian, maybe in a pejorative sense. And this just means someone who is maybe artsy, maybe they wear their hat backward, they're independent-minded, someone who questions authority. This, this, is, this kind of goes back to what bohemia was about. These people were very independent-minded. They were interested in the Reformation before the Reformation came about. So this takes us to this hymn, I'll Let Our Gladness Have no end. It dates from the 1400s before Luther. But look how it's in, how the actual music and text is in two parts. There's four short stanzas and there's a refrain, which is pretty much as long as the verses. I mean, this is a very short hymn otherwise. If you think of other hymns with refrains, often the verses are longer and the refrain itself is short and memorable. Here, though, the refrain is kind of a natural extension of the verses. But looking at the verses, the uh, concepts are simple. Let our gladness have no end. Alleluia. For to earth did Christ descend. Alleluia. On this day, God gave us Christ, his son, to save us. Christ, his son, to save us. Now, these are short concepts, and they're punctuated with these little alleluias. We rejoice because of his incarnation and that he has come to earth, and God gave his son to save us. If we consider this a childlike, simple hymn, it still presents Christ as Savior, even though without a lot of theological language, kind of like from heaven above, from Luther's pen. It goes on, prophesied in days of old, alleluia, God has sent him as foretold, alleluia. So we might recall the words from Isaiah 11. Isaiah writes, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. And, and this verse is almost verbatim reflected 
in the next stanza. See the loveliest blooming rose, alleluia, from the branch of Jesse grows, alleluia. So we're reminded that Christ's birth has long been prophesied, and our reaction should be great excitement, these little alleluias that we sing. And I think that we modern people too often get accustomed to the joy of Christmas and Easter. We already know what's happened. Too often we lose the excitement of a prophecy fulfilled. And this hymn, I think, really tries to recapture that joy, as if we didn't know Christ was going to be born, the Savior was going to be born. Now we know. How would we respond? We'd respond in these words. And we continue. This, the hymn continues. Into flesh is made the word. Alleluia. He our refuge and our Lord. Alleluia. So we're singing about John 1.14. John 1. Prologue. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And there were likely originally many more stanzas, but what we have in LSB is kind of a mishmash translation into English that comes through both Lutheran Book of Worship and the Lutheran Hymnal before that. But the short, even if it had a lot of verses, which it did, the short nature of these verses doesn't allow for a lot of theologizing. If we want to learn more about the Incarnation, we sing of the Father's love begotten, which of course is more theological. But this hymn is short, it's childlike, and it's easy to understand and sing. Well, let's look a bit at the two. Now, the words are simple, but they're paired with an equally simple tune. And I like to think, maybe I'm wrong, but this represents the fervency and energy with which some of these Bohemian Christians of the early Reformation era might have exercised their faith. Now, this is a folk hymn. No one knows who composed it, but it comes to us as a heritage of a singing people. And the harmony is very simple. Now, we musicians would say that the harmony is heavy on the tonic, subdominant, and dominant, the one, four, and five of the scale. You don't really need to know more than, you don't need to know about harmony to understand that there's really only three chords. It's very simple. When you encounter a tune like this, whether it's medieval or modern, you can probably, you can pretty much suppose that it's folk music. And as with much folk music, the rhythm is as important as the melody. And in fact, I've done this before by adding percussion to the organ and singing. It's easy to have a child or a youth ring a finger symbol, maybe at the beginning of a measure, because this driving rhythm really propels the text as well. So if you're a church musician, you can judiciously employ some percussion effects to bring life to this text, but do not sing it too slowly. Now, the people from what we now call the Czech Republic really enjoyed their music. The immigrants from nearby Moravia would actually go on to settle in America on the East Coast and in Pennsylvania, where they were really known for their robust, robust choral music and brass ensembles, trombones, really. And like all good folk music, this tune does not claim to be great or interesting music. It seeks only to convey Christmas joy. It's not really churchly. It's not particularly grand, but it propels us forward with a joy of enthusiasm of Christmas. And before we conclude, I just wanted to say a bit about the Czech, or I'm going to call it Slovak at this point, Slovak Lutheranism, when they come to America. We think of the Czech people now as Catholic, um, but we've, I've, I mentioned their independent spirit. In fact, in the 16th century, there was a, a pastor named Yuri Chernovsky. He produced mm -hmm. the hymnal called 
Sephara Sanctorum, which was important to Czech Lutherans. I actually found a copy in a antique store in the Hill Country in Texas two years ago. It's quite excited about that. Wow. In LSB, we have one hymn. Your heart, O God, is grieved. That is from this collection of this Slovak Lutheran pastor. And he actually also translated the Augsburg Confession into English. So I'm calling them Slovaks now, but the Czech Republic is a modern construction and Slovaks generally speak to their heritage in terms of a specific region. So these Slovaks immigrating to the U.S. in the late 19th century, there was a number of Lutherans and the Slovak Evangelical Lutheran Church formed in 1902 and they were eventually associated with the LCMS. And I point this out because the Slovaks really produced an important theologian, both in a Yaroslav Pelikan and hymn writer Yaroslav Vida. He's an important hymn writer of the LCMS, and a number of hymns are included in, the, in LSB. One of my favorite is 922, Go My Children With My Blessing. But at any rate, all this history about Czech or Slovak Lutheranism may in fact be tangential to the hymn, What Our Gladness Have No End. Because this hymn tune and text existed long before Lutheranism officially did. But when I sing this hymn, I think of this deep spiritual life the Slovak people of the time must have had. And I think of their many struggles to fight for the freedom to practice their faith. And I'm thankful that so many of them became Lutheran and came over here and that we can sing some of their hymns still. This whole time, this hymn has just been running through my head with all of those wonderful Renaissance instruments. And now I, I really want to sing it that way <laughs> with all of those great percussion instruments. Symbol. Use the finger symbol. And the finger symbols. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, man, I want to do it now. It's so wonderful. Thanks for pointing out all those historical connections. And I, I love that, that connection to the Slovak Lutherans, even though they weren't around when the hymn was originally written. But I love those connections to the, the whole body of Christ that we have with our brothers and sisters. Just wonderful. Benjamin, thank you so much for joining us for the 12 Days of Christmas. You're welcome. Thank you. You're listening to the 12 Days of Christmas. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. 